Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens Andersen and I work for Danfoss Cooling. Thank you for listening in on this podcast, which is the fifth in a series of evaporative refrigeration. We'll go a bit deeper into some of the details from now on. This chapter is about the thermostatic expansion valve, which is one of the key components in a refrigeration system, typically used in cold rooms or walk-in coolers, but also several other places. It's also the very first product that was produced in the company that later became Danfoss, but that's a completely different story. We'll take that another day. The thermostatic expansion valve or device, the TXV or metering device, as it's often referred to, is installed to ensure a correct and optimal pressure drop immediately before the evaporator. Depending on the size or capacity of the system, the TXV may be directly or piloted, controlled, but for now I'll talk only about the directly controlled type. The idea of having a TXV in the refrigeration system is to be able to regulate the flow of refrigerant to the evaporator, so apart from the fixed orifice inside the TXV, which in some cases can be exchangeable to enable a certain flexibility of the valve, the flow through the orifice is regulated by a needle or a cone, which again is controlled by the thermostatic element. The thermostatic element consists of a sensor bulb that controls the opening and closing of the orifice depending on the temperature that the sensor senses or feels. The function is quite simple. Inside the sensor bulb, there is a small charge of refrigerant that condenses or evaporates depending on the temperature the bulb is exposed to. So, when the bulb gets warmer, some of the charge will evaporate, the charge pressure will rise and it will open the orifice. This means, of course, that more refrigerant will be sent through the evaporator and it will get colder. So, when the bulb senses that the temperature has fallen, the bulb charge will con condensate and the pressure inside will fall and the orifice will close. You can find more advanced types of charges and one of these, the MOP or MOP charge, I'll come back to that later. The bulb pressure is of course relative to the pressure inside the TXV where the diaphragm is taking care of the regulating needle or cone. The diaphragm will bend to the bulb pressure and either push or pull the needle or cone to open or close. It's not always practical to regulate the orifice opening in relation to the pressure directly inside the valve or immediately below the diaphragm, which is why you will often see the TXV with an external equalization, especially when a distributor is being used. I'll come back to the distributor later. 
In fact, most of the time you will see a capillary tube run from the thermostatic element and out to the outlet of the evaporator, close to where the sensor bulb is placed. In fact, the equalization capillary tube should be placed immediately after the sensor bulb on the evaporator outlet tube. So, now we have a valve, or rather the orifice working according to both the pressure and temperature, which with the external pressure equalization relative to the pressure and temperature at the evaporator outlet. And thanks to the built-in adjustment screw, you can now adjust the superheat to be optimized to the system. Remember what superheat is? It's the newly evaporated refrigerant vapor being heated a few degrees extra. And it's these extra few degrees that ensures us that no liquid will reach the compressor. Compressor hates liquid. The extra degrees, by the way, are measured in Kelvin. No, no, not Kevin. In accordance with the SI system. The superheat adjustment screw is regulating a spring that pushes against the diaphragm, or rather against the sensor bolt pressure above the diaphragm. So, if you want a higher superheat, you can increase the spring tension and, obviously, decrease the tension if you want a lower superheat. How hard can it be? Let's have a closer look at the sensor bolt charge, because much of the TXV function depends on this. On this. First of all, it is important to choose the correct TSV as to the system refrigerant, exactly because of the bulb charge. You should, as an example, not use a T2R404A valve with the refrigerant R444B, whereas you could use the same T2 nicely with R422A. Uh, sounds complicated. In some cases, you might want to consider the, the use of a TXV with MOP charge. In MOP valves, the charge amount is limited to avoid too high suction pressure. MOP stands for maximum operating pressure, but you can also translate it to motor overload protection, because that's what it does. There are a couple of other things inside the TX, Danfoss TXV, a bit depending on what type we're looking at, but most of the smaller valve has got a built-in strainer or filter that would prefer to be renewed once in a while, but also some of the TXV types has got a bleed function that allows for pressure equalization by standstill. You, you can also find TXV with Biflow functions in the Danfoss portfolio for use with reversible HVAC and heat pump system. Often you'll have an evaporator with parallel coils, that is, tubings inside the evaporator unit that runs parallel so that you get a bigger cooling or heat exchanger surface. When that is the case, a distributor is needed. The distributor will see to it that each of the parallel coils gets the same amount of refrigerant equally distri distributed. I've seen evaporators with up to 24 
parallel coils, so the number may vary quite a bit. But the distributor also have an effect on the pressure drop, the delta P, across the evaporator. As a rule of thumb, the delta P will increase with one bar, that's about 14.5 psi. When a distributor is used, you must use a TXV with external pressure equalization. You can probably tell from what I told you about the sensor bolt charge that it's quite important to be careful with where you place the sensor when installing a TXV. The function of the valve depends heavily on the sensor and its placement, so this is what you should do. Place it immediately after the evaporator on a horizontal piece of the outlet pipe before the external pressure equalization capillary tube. Place it on the side of the outlet pipe. Not on top, not below, but best on the side, slightly towards the upper side of the pipe. Use a metal copper bulb strap to fasten it, not a plastic strip because that'll break after a short while due to the temperature changes. Do not place it on joints, bends or vertical pipes. Always insulate the bulb, especially if it's exposed to external temperatures like drafts or airflows. What I've told you now about TXVs is just scraping the surface. There is a lot more to investigate and talk about, but I'll leave that to you and learn through other channels. Just remember that the TXV is the key to a well-functioning system and never ever forget to optimize your superheat. Next time in the sixth chapter, I'll tell you about the electronic expansion valve types, the peripherals needed and the controls that can be used. This podcast was brought to you by Danfoss Cooling. Please feel free to visit us at danfoss.com and maybe sign up for some of our cool e-learning classes. Thank you.